I'm Beck. And I'm Paul. And this is DVD Clutter. A unique show today, Paul. Very unique. One of my DVDs and your DVDs. I know, it's a shock to us both. We We've, have, out of your 500 DVDs, we have one in common. That's it. There's one <laughs> one crossover DVD. No, I'm sure we will actually come across a few. I imagine so. Well, you know, put them in. Maybe yeah. after every milestone episode. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so always after the 21st episode will be 51st. Yep. Yep, I get it. But this one is fucking a mile. Fucking ormal. Oh, ormal. Yep. Ormal. Yeah. Okay. Or if you're English speaking, you might know it as Show Me Love. Yep. Yes. The English title. You're listening to DVD Clutter, (laughs) by the way. The show where we go through our DVD collections and rewatch the films. Decide if they're good. Yeah. I mean, hopefully they're good if we bought them. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Decide if they hold up and then... Decide what to do with them. Yeah. We're going to chuck it out, give it to the up shop. Yeah. Keep it. And today we're going to have two decisions to make at the end. Yes, so one each. Those people who are listening again for the decluttering more so than the DVD, this is the episode for you. I know. Double yeah. the everything. Double the content. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we are looking at fucking normal. Show me love. It is our second foreign language film. Oh, it is too. Yeah. Yes. Right in line with the Melbourne International Film Festival. That's... <laughs> we keep banging on about. It. It is on right now if you are listening. In fact... It's the first weekend. Yes. If you listen to this when it drops. That's right. So what are you doing listening to this? Get out there. Maybe you're commuting. Yeah, Maybe commuting. Maybe you're like trying to get from one cinema to the other. Yeah, or you might be like five films deep already Maybe. and you're sick of those ads they play <laughs> yeah. at the start of every session. Oh my God, seriously. And so you're sitting there listening to DVD Clutter yes, instead. Yeah, just waiting. Yeah. That's polite of you. That is really good. Yeah. Make sure you clap at the end. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. you're right. It's common courtesy. It is. Yeah. Back to the actual film that we're talking about. Yes. So we both have this DVD. Do mm-hmm. you want to? Um, you were unsure when we first spoke about doing this. You thought that you had my copy of it. Yeah. So previously, when we lived in the same house, Bet had talked about how she loved this film. Yes. And I'd seen the DVD, and she brought it out into the living room, and I remember it sitting near <laughs> our TV for months. Yeah. So when I moved into my current house, I was unpacking all my DVDs, and I found it, and I went, "Oh no, this must be Beck's." Forgot about it completely until she walks into the podcast <laughs> and she goes, let's do this film next. Holding and up my DVD. Holding up her copy of Show Me Love. Yeah. And it blew my mind. Yeah. Where did this DVD come from? So I'm actually really excited because I have just walked in and started the podcast and I still don't know. So tell us, Paul. Yeah, well, <laughs> my wife was listening to us record last time. Oh, yeah. And heard us chat about my shock of where that DVD had come from. Yeah. My wife lived in Sweden for a year. She speaks oh, Swedish. This is a really huge course. film in Swedish culture. Yes, so, of course she owned it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so this is not your DVD? It is not technically my DVD. Oh, okay. So, how did it end up in her hot little hands? How did she get it? Well, coming back, so she lived in Sweden for a year in 2008. Yep. Went to school there. Yeah, cool. And this film it was huge in Swedish culture, especially for teenagers, yep. you know, Yes. believe it or not. That is, uh, if you haven't seen it, haven't heard about it, it's about teenagers. Yeah. Yep. 
Uh, it's also studied by students at school. Yeah, cool. Oh, really? Yeah. Great. My wife didn't study it while she was over there, but because it was such a big Swedish thing, when she came back, she bought a copy of it to remind her of her times there. Great idea. And feel that connection. She, lucky for you, she bought the one with the English subtitles. That, very lucky for me. Just starting us off, this was, this film was huge in Sweden. It outgrossed Titanic. I was just about to say, I literally just yeah. read that. It outgrossed Titanic. This was a big deal. Yes. If we've got any Swedish listeners, which I don't think we do. Not at the moment, but you yeah. never know. Well, that's just it. They say that we're doing fucking normal, and um, that's going to skyrocket. <laughs> that market. <laughs> well, you know, if, when Robin's involved, it's got to be big. Yeah. And That's it. Robin is involved. Yeah. Somehow. Robin, who I didn't know much about until this film. Really? Yeah. Oh, I love Robin. Yeah. If you're not familiar with Robin, she's a Swedish pop singer. Mm-hmm. I'd say, like, indie pop. She's like, does her own thing, but it is pop, and she is a fucking bomb. And you should all look her up. You will know her from, like, Call Your Girlfriend. I'm sure you would know the songs if yeah. you played them. Yeah. yeah. Had a very similar conversation Can with my wife. Bitches, yeah. You know, <laughs> <laughs> all the famous songs. Anyway, she's great. So we've talked about how it came into my life. Yes. How did this film come into your life? So this is back to film school. Mm-hmm. Um, film school. Film school. So, yeah, that's how it came into my life. I watched it in one of my classes where we were – it was one of the only classes that I, like, felt really – I felt more comfortable in because it was film analysis and we, get to, we got to watch the films and then analyse them and that was something that I was very comfortable doing coming from literature and all of that mm. kind of stuff. So – that was really nice, and it didn't require name-dropping any directors. Or <laughs> <laughs> I had this great story that I forgot to tell you last time, which was I was sitting with this girl, and she was like Melbourne, total Melbourneite, hipster, and she was telling me about this musician that she really liked, and she was like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, oh, who is it? And then she was like, oh, you wouldn't know him. And then I was like, oh, okay, like rude, first mm, of all. <laughs> very rude. <laughs> but second of all, maybe I would know him. And then she told me who it was, and I didn't know him. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe there wasn't a musician. Maybe she, like, got threatened by you asking a follow-up Maybe. question, and she just looked around. <laughs> Maybe. Looked around the room. Oh, was I just the musician felt, I've never felt so condescending chair in my screen? life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was just so condescending. Anyway, but happier, happier times. This subject I really enjoyed, and we watched this, and I wrote an essay on it. And I got a good mark, and it was awesome. So awesome that you went and bought the so DVD? So awesome that I went and bought the DVD. Yeah. Probably also important to me because I think it was probably the first lesbian film that I'd ever seen. Like, is that crazy? No, maybe. That seems crazy. I don't know. It does seem crazy. That does. But representation is... Terrible. Terrible. Yeah. You know. Especially, so, that would have been in 2007. I'm trying to think back when I first saw my story portrayed on screen. <laughs> A straight white male. <laughs> and how hard for you? Yeah, I know. Would have been three or four. <laughs> Are you okay? Do you need to talk? Yeah, no, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, but I actually think it might have been the first kind of, and definitely, if not the first representation, the first complex, sweet teen romance. Mm. to do with lesbians that I'd ever seen. Yeah, and I, I was closeted at the time as well, so I still hadn't told anyone about being gay, so it kind of spoke to me on a lot of different levels because these two characters, who will we'll give you a breakdown of the plot in a second, but these the two protagonists in this are coming to terms with their sexuality in different ways. And it's also set in a really, really small town. Mm. 
in Sweden and I grew up in a really, really small town in Australia and so there's a lot of stuff that I could really identify with in this film that was just so beautifully portrayed on screen. So that's why I bought it. And spoiler alert, it's still amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Where did you buy it from, do you remember? I would have ordered it. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) I I feel like it was was hard to find because looking at my wife's copy here, she had to go to an international bookshop. Oh, really? And there's actually still the, the oh, invoice inside the, bar- the foreign the language, language bookshop. bookshop. Um, oh, wow. No, I don't think I had to go that far. Yeah, well, you had to go online. I've, I would have gone, I don't know if I would have gone online or I would have ordered it at Sanity or at yeah. one of those stores and like had a special order yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, can't remember the, the logistics of purchasing it, but it somehow made its way into my hands. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Should we do a little plot breakdown? Yeah, well, it's weird though, because normally whoever doesn't, own the DVD does the plot breakdown. Um, so maybe uh, let's just jump in and and we can help each other out. So, so we've got two main characters. Yeah, and they're in normal. They're in normal. They're yeah. living in normal. So the, the Swedish title, fucking normal. Uh, Sweden, fuck isn't as strong as a word it is, is in the English language. Yeah. It's sort of stronger than stupid, but not quite wow. fucking. So it's just like, this place sucks, yeah. you know? Well, I, you would say, I'd say the same about my little town. Like, oh, fucking Sale. Like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Sorry, anyone from Sale listening. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gippsland's a beautiful place. Yeah. So they're so, in, this, yeah. So, in, yeah. in this tiny town. There's we, not a lot going on. We get that expression. Yeah. I think we understand that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not a lot going on. They don't even have raves. No, no raves. The raves are out now. Anyway. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, so basically we are led to understand that by the time Innerthene comes to this small country town it's already out in the big cities it's not cool anymore um and agnes is our 16 year old protagonist and she has just moved well not just but a year and a half moved there from a a bigger town yeah and she's still settling in i mean doesn't have any friends she has one friend um who you know it's debatable whether or not they're friends or whether or not they hang out with each other because they're both lonely. Both without friends, yeah. Exactly. That's Agnes. And she's a writer. She's into writing. She's into poetry. She is weird, but kind of unapologetically so. It's not like she's a badass about it. She just goes about doing her thing. That's it. She's one of those kids that, you know, are going to have a great time after high school. Exactly right. Which, in another excellent and just gorgeous scene, her father tries to explain to her. (laughs) Yeah. Just beautiful, those family scenes. Yeah. Anyway, Jack's... No, I'm not. I'm just yeah. juxtaposed <laughs> to that. <laughs> we have the character of Elin. Yes. And she is. Uh, She's 14 years old. Yeah. She's a bit more outgoing. Yeah. One of the popular cool kids. That's it. Into the drinking, the smoking. Yeah. Comedy um, stuff. That's it. Probably finds school bad for different reasons. The, the overwhelming impression we get. From her at the start is that she's bored and frustrated. That's it. And she has friends at school, but still doesn't sort of fit in. She doesn't feel right in the place. She's managed to, you know, build a friendship group around her, but she doesn't feel... Seen by them. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she doesn't really connect yeah. with them. The only person she really connects with is her sister. Yeah. Her big sister. Who she lives with. Who she lives with. Her mum too, but her mum, you know, this family's single mum living in an apartment. Mum works night shifts, so they're obviously doing it tough. Um, so her and her sister, their relationship is explored throughout the film a little bit. So Agnes is played by Rebecca Lyerberg and <laughs> Ilan is played by Alexandra Dahlstrom. Uh, both really wonderful portrayals as well. Oh, just 
really good. So we're introduced to these characters and we find out that Agnes has got her 16th birthday coming up. Her mum wants to throw a party, get her involved with the local kids. She doesn't want to have a party at all. In fact, she types into her computer, you see her say, things I would like. Not to have a birthday party. <laughs> her mum yeah. was like a little bit more popular, we, we gather, yeah. at school. So she's really keen for her daughter to be a little bit more outgoing. Yeah. Not in a super pushy way, but in a way that's like a little too much. Yeah. Yeah. So she gets these invites printed. She gives them to Agnes, who takes them to school, gives yeah. one to her friend, or her kind of friend. Who's Camilla? Yeah, yeah. Camilla. Then one of the popular kids see the invites and start picking on her, saying no one's going to come to your party, no one's going to come to your party. But it does get the message out there that she is having a party. Yep. And Ellen hears that. Yeah. And because she's so bored with what they normally do, she decides that's what she wants to do. She wants to go to Agnes's party. Yeah. As a side note, which we haven't mentioned yet, Agnes is not so secretly in utter infatuation with Ellen. Yeah. Like, you know, writing in her diary, which is very 90s on computer. her computer. Yeah. <laughs> which is typing into her computer um, and writing, drawing Ellen's name on her books and that kind of thing. So Yeah. Which links her to a third character that's introduced about this time, Yolen. Oh, yeah. He's a lovely kid. Yes. He's involved a bit with the wrong crowd. Yes. He wants to be an electrician, I'm pretty yes. sure. Yeah. yeah. But he is also just infatuated with Ellen. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's a little bit of him trying to impress her, Ellen mm. not really being interested, that kind of triangle happening. Yeah. But anyway, it's the night of the party. The party's gone pretty poorly so far. Camilla turns up. Camilla does turn up. Gets yelled at by... Agnes. Agnes. Camilla goes home. Yeah. The family have dinner till there's a ding dong of the doorbell. And, and who it, is it? it is Ellen and her sister. Her sister's name is Jessica. That's it. Jessica. Or Jessica. Yeah. Uh, Jessica is very keen to have the free booze yep. available. Yep. So they, the two guests, lock themselves in a room, drink a bottle of wine. And Agnes is kind of standing at the door being like, okay, can I come in now? Like yep. They've told her that they're changing, etc., etc. Eventually, Jessica and Ellen start talking about, you know, who is this girl and it comes up that they think she's a lesbian. And um, Ellen says that she'll kiss her for a dare. Like yeah. Kiss her for 20 bucks. 20 kroners. Yeah. 20 kroners, yeah. Oh, no, for 100 kroners, which is like 20 bucks. Oh. I think. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> some amount of money. <laughs> yeah. I had a lot of questions about the currency. <laughs> All your research time went into yeah, that. Yeah, that's it. So, so Jessica leaves the room and um, Ellen proceeds to just chat with Agnes for a bit before launching herself at her yep. and um, making out on her face. Yeah. Wasn't, Agnes was like a bit shocked, mm. didn't push her away, but obviously wasn't, um, didn't know it was going to happen. Yeah. Ellen then jumps up and runs out. Yeah. Giggling with her sister and yeah. saying, ew, how gross. Yeah. Yep. And they run off to this other party where Ellen gets really drunk, is very sick. Uh, Yoan is there and he tries to comfort her, but she just sort of pushes him away. She runs back under the street, feeling a lot of guilt for what she'd done to Agnes. Mm -hmm. Goes to her house, wakes her up, says, I'm about to piss myself. Let me in. Yep. Yep. That, another thing, luckily, sitting next to a Swedish speaker, that translates, I need to use the bathroom, I really need to go, when she's actually saying, I'm going to piss myself. Let really? me in. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's so polite. The translation is so it. polite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so she gets in, pretends to go to the toilet, mm. and sits down and chats to Agnes. Yeah. 
And they decide to go out again. Yeah, they go, they're going to go back to the party. They decide to go back to the party together. Ellen has apologised to Agnes, so they're kind of on better terms. Everything's kind of okay between them. They start walking to the party, and they both are like, fuck this place. Yeah, let's go to I think, well. Yeah, she actually says, fucking normal. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. That's it. <laughs> Crucial part of the... Go so on. they decide to go to Stockholm. Yep. They hitchhike. Yeah. A car actually pulls over. Yeah. They're like, you know, we'll do five cars. If a car pulls over, then we'll, we'll, do, we'll do it. We'll and go. The fifth one does. Yeah. And geez, did they cast creepy guy so oh my God. well? <laughs> oh, oh my, God. my heart sunk when they opened the door and there's this creepy-looking guy. And you're like, who's don't get in. Staring the two in. little girls up and down. Luckily, the car doesn't start, yep. and he has to go out the front and fix it up. Yeah. In which time these our two protagonists gaze at each other's eyes and share their first real kiss. Yeah, and what song's playing in the background? Oh, something really cheesy. Ew, it's, like, it's like an 80s song. I want to know what yeah. love is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's on the radio yeah. um, as they're kissing. Just perfect. So um, the guy comes back, sees what they were doing. Yeah. Freaks out. Yeah. That's tells, disgusting. Get out of my car. That's it. Yeah. They run off. Giggling. Happy. Yeah, happy. Ellen says she's going to call Agnes. Yeah. Night over. Yeah. Done. So they, they end on a good note. Very sweet scene where Agnes um, gives her a little peck on the on the cheek or on the lips and mm. runs off home. Yeah, that's it. And then that's not where it ends. No. Next morning, Ellen wakes up and is a bit scared of what happened. Yeah. A bit overwhelmed. She's pretty down, just talking to her sister. They go and sit on the swings. Yeah. Her sister's like, I can tell something's up. I can tell you're in love. Who were you with last night? What boy is it? Um, um, Ellen's just like, I can't tell you. You'll yeah. hate me. So her sister thinks that it must be her own boyfriend that Ellen's Marcus. been hooking up <laughs> yeah. with Marcus. So they have a bit of a fight. She absolutely loses it. The, the absolute like passion of these two. Yeah, is I know. It's great. It's great. <laughs> um, Ellen panics, so she says, oh, no, it wasn't Marcus. It was Yoan. Yeah. She knows that Johan's into her. It's an easy yeah. win for her. She goes to call Agnes, but her sister walks in, so she decides not to say anything. She ends up going on this uh, semi-romance with Johan, yeah. who's just sort of haplessly following along. Yeah. And that sort of pitters out. Yeah, eventually she realises, she's like, what am I doing? This is stupid. Yeah. Um, All the time, Agnes is feeling awful because yeah. she just wants to talk to Ellen, yeah. and Ellen keeps blowing her off. Yeah, so Either they, they in go, person or... Yeah. So in person at school, Agnes tries to go up to Ellen and Ellen just ignores her. Eventually, Agnes is kind of giving up on this yeah. relationship. Um, at the yeah. same time, um, because of the kiss, the first one that was meant to be a joke, the school is spreading the rumour that Agnes is a lesbian and she's getting copping a lot of flack. Yes, she yeah. is. Getting some pictures, naughty pictures put up on her locker, etc. Et yeah. Yeah. Um, so she's not having a good time. No. She gets real angry and trashes her room. Oh, yeah, that's right. That was a great scene. Mm. Reminds me of that scene in Repo. Yeah. <laughs> I did see some connections with yeah. Repo a little bit in this. A classic uh, teenage move. Did you ever trash your room? No. No, me neither. I mean, just by being messy. But that's just it, exactly. Yeah, I wouldn't have had to go far. But anyway, that's going on. So we get to a scene where it's Johan, Marcus, Jessica, and Ellen on a couch. And the two boys act incredibly Gross, mm. um, misogynistic, mm. disgusting. Yeah, and Ellen's Boys like, "Can't do that. Girls can't yeah. do that." Yeah. Fuck this noise. I love Agnes. Yeah. She actually <laughs> favorite breakup scene. She yeah. goes into her bedroom, picks up the landline, yeah. calls the mobile phone of the boy who's sitting in the 
lounge room. Yeah. <laughs> put put Johan on on the line. It's over. Yeah. <laughs> Leave the house. That's it. The best. So she goes to school. She pulls Agnes aside. Yeah. And says, "Do you still love me? Because if you do, I love you." Yeah. <laughs> Which is classic teenage. I just thought that was so beautiful. It's classic. The way she said it though yeah. is the wording is like. Pretty similar to how Mr. Darcy tells Elizabeth. Yeah. Did you notice yeah. that? Oh, it's so good. And there's a lot, I feel like there's a lot of like links to classic literature in the film, which is maybe why I got an A plus on my essay. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, there's this admission of love. However, they've locked themselves in a bathroom. Yes. And suddenly it's become suspicious to those who want to go to the bathroom that there is some people in there. Yeah. A crowd builds up. Yep. In, again, just another perfect capture of how teenage crowds build up. Yes. Yep. Yep. Just, you can totally, like, you can totally see that happening at school. Yeah. That's it. Banging on the door. Who's in there with you, Alan? What are they going to do? Yeah. Are are they going to come out? Yeah. (laughs) Figuratively and literally. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) And Alan's pretty nervous. She's like, not 100%. But Agnes is like, fuck it. Why not? Let's just do it. And eventually Ellen's like, yep, let's do it. And they walk out together and go home and drink chocolate milk. Yes. Ends on this beautiful scene of them both drinking chocolate milk. Yeah. And that's it. The end of the film. And then you get to hear... Show Me Love by Robin. Yeah. Show Me Love. That one. Show Me Love. We all know it. That's it. While I was waiting, uh, while I was cooking dinner, I just had the DVD menu ready to go. So I heard that song a lot before I watched (laughs) the film. And now for the full rendition. (laughs) What did you think? So wait, had you seen this before? I hadn't seen it before. Okay. Oh, I still loved it. Mm. And actually, which was interesting, I've seen it, I've definitely, I've seen it multiple times since um, I first bought it and since I watched it at at uni. But I think I loved it more this time for some reason. And it might have been to do with the fact that I watched it by myself. I've watched it with other people and you know when you're like, this is such a great movie and then you're like, are they liking it? Are oh, they yeah, enjoying yeah. it? And you're in an open space and it's light and people are talking and all that stuff. But I watched it last night on my laptop in bed when Laura was on night shift. So it was just mm-hmm. me, the cat, the movie, which is actually a, a thing that I used to do like a, in my early 20s. I would always watch movies on my laptop um, in bed or watch TV on my laptop in bed and I never really do that anymore so it was kind of nice and it's very like it the room is dark it creates this almost cinematic experience for yourself even without the surround sound but all of that contributed I think to really engaging fully with the movie and I loved it still yeah I just thought it was such a beautiful beautiful portrayal of first of all teenagehood the fact of being a teenager oh, yeah. It yep. just captures so perfectly with all of its like ups and downs and crazy making things. Um, and maybe I loved it more because I'm a teacher now as well, like having getting to see the yeah. teenagers on a day-to-day basis. Um, you know, it reminds you of what it was like and this was just so perfect a portrayal of that. So I love that. And then secondly, the love story between the two girls is just so beautifully done and beautifully done in a way that it's, it's so... Um, perfect for their age like it's not it's total teen infatuation and romance and all of that stuff but it's not something that like I never got to have a teen romance with a girl because that was just impossible in my small country town and many people will have had the same experience where you miss out on all of that kind of like oh you know does does he like you does she like you because you can't you know be yourself or, or say who you are actually um attracted to so yeah, I think it's really special in that it does that so well. And then also just the performances were 
so good by everybody involved and so under, like understated, but just yeah, I just loved everything. Every about single it still. person in the cast. Every single yeah. person. I can't think of someone who doesn't. No. Who like annoyed me or who didn't do a good job. It was just it so. It wasn't so perfectly real. I think. Yeah. That's exactly right. It was almost as if it was a documentary. Like you felt like you were just going into this small little town and seeing this events play out it was so unassuming and just so realistic everyone just yeah everyone pulled that off so perfectly yeah and i think two things that i just really loved that come back to me about and i think these these also just portray it comes down to the writing but also the acting of the two main characters there's this scene or often throughout ellen's um making these really frustrated noises like the. do you remember those yeah there's like the ah ah I'm going to see if I can play one for you. Oh, they're just brilliant. The, they're so good. They're teenage noises. Yeah. There it is. So that just, I feel like that's Ellen all over. Oh, yeah. That frustration, that like complete um, ball of energy. Mm. And that's how she lets out her frustration. Yeah, interesting fact. She's still acting, whereas oh. Agnes has gone off and become a pediatrician. Really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I can see that. Yep. Yeah. Agnes does this thing a couple of times in the film where um, someone hangs up on her on the phone and she has this, like, she's so innocent in a way. Like, she just keeps believing that it's going to be... Hello? Yes, that Hello? one. So she could just keeps... And it's like, I'll, I'll play it. She, someone's hung up on her and she's... Um, well, Agnes is hung up on her mm. and she's hoping that someone's still there. And she just looks so um, hopeful that someone's still going to answer her and, yeah. and trusting that someone's still going to answer her when it's so obvious to everybody watching that it's not going to happen. So those two, obviously those two actresses did an amazing job for those two characters, um, but everyone else was just as perfect. Yeah. Some of my favourite scenes were between the father and Agnes. Agnes. Yeah, just, just beautiful. Yeah, where he's kind of... He's obviously, like, it also captures, you know, as teachers we see our students going through rough times and often you don't know what to do you don't know how to reach them um and i can imagine i can only imagine that as a parent it's double as hard or triple or a million times as hard to see your kid go through something that you know that they are struggling with and you know it's going to get better yeah you know it's going to get better and you but you can't they can't process that i think she says this to him when he's saying you know you know everything will be fine everything you know i had a reunion a 25 year reunion and I'm doing way better than everybody else was and I was a big loser at school. Yep. And she says something like, 20, 25 years from now doesn't exist. That's it. Yeah. That's it. It's just so perfect. Yeah. And it's just it's just so true. You don't you can't see past, you know, the now, the here and the now when you're a teenager sometimes and, and that's what she's struggling with. Yeah. Yeah. And her dad just loves her so much. Just and, so much love. Yeah. It's really beautiful. Look, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I thought this film was just perfect. Yep. Um, I was in hysterics of laughter. Just the scene of Ellen and her sister Jessica getting ready to go out. <laughs> when <laughs> when they get locked in the elevator. Yeah, when they get locked in the elevator. They're using it for the... the... Yeah, they're using the elevator as a mirror to get ready to go out because they don't have a mirror because apparently Ellen smashed it some yeah. earlier stage. <laughs> yeah. And they have to keep holding the door open. Yep. Suddenly it closes and their mum catches them. <laughs> Ellen's in her undies. Yep. And suddenly they're grounded. And then they're just sitting at home and mum's like, I know you're grounded, but I've got your chips and some cola. Just <laughs> yeah. stay here tonight. I want to go to a rave. 
Uh, I just read Teen Magazine and Raves Are Out. What? Ah! (laughs) (laughs) It was just, just the way they captured teenage dialect, I guess, was just perfect, even though we're not, I guess, in an English film or in a film that was from this decade. Well, I don't think it's not, it's, it is the words, but it's the expression. That's just it. Yeah. Yeah. But from those moments that I was just, you know, in hysterics to laughter to those really touching moments between her and her father or between her and Ellen at the end of the film, even the very last scene where they come out, uh, again, figurative (laughs) and literally, (laughs) literally, and they're just sitting at home and Ellen just has this full-on speech about how she makes chocolate milk and how it's always a mistake. She has too much chocolate, so she has extra milk and then she's got too much milk chocolate, uh, chocolate milk, and then the last line of the film is, but that's all right. <laughs> and then it's just it. And it is just wonderful. I'm yeah. so glad that I watched this movie. Yeah. And really think it should be compulsory viewing for anyone that's been a teenager. Yeah. Or anyone who's known a teenager, which really does cover <laughs> everyone. a lot of people. I, I think watching it uh, now, uh, as an adult, I get probably more out of it than I, I was trying to get in the headspace of someone watching it as, as, a as a teenager who I think would see it very differently because you could see those problems are ones that you very much identify are facing with, and identify yeah. with. So you, you get a lot out of it, but in a different way you can sort of see it now and you see it's a perfect image of that stage in someone's life. I can imagine showing it to kids and, and them being too in their own life to realise how similar it is or like yeah. to be able to look outside of it with any kind of... Well, this is some teenagers we're talking about. Some are obviously very insightful. But mm. I think it would be hard, and I would have found it hard at the time, to watch that and learn from it because you'd still be in it too much. Yeah. You'd still be in that, that frame of mind. So absolutely fantastic from me. What else do you want to talk about, Vic? I had a couple other things. Just the, the paraphernalia, the mise-en-scene, yep. if you will. <laughs> um, everything, everything in the props, the costumes... The makeup, everything was so 90s, like just a 90s dream. Oh. Um, it was released in 1998, we should say, as well. Yes. The Spice Girls were also in that out list, things that were not cool. Yeah. <laughs> things were not, were, that weren't cool anymore, Spice Girls were out. Um, which, oh, oh, you know, that 1998, that's a bit harsh. On, a bit early. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's just summed up expertly when you're at this scene at the teen party and there are these two boys, one of them, Marcus, Jessica's boyfriend they're arguing about whose phone is yes, smaller I wrote this down. and yeah oh w- when we were watching we just found that hilarious because remember when you wanted to get the smallest yes. thinnest phone yep, they were going they were comparing the phones it's smaller and, and thinner yeah that's <laughs> my one's smaller and thinner yeah and now what are we doing yeah that's that's <laughs> you want a bigger screen yeah. Or, yeah. <laughs> you still want thinner i think yeah i think so but you don't want to break it no <laughs> but that was great. The other thing in that same party scene where everything's like a bit loose and out of control and it just cuts to this girl just crying on the phone, yeah. like a random girl, and she's obviously like shit-faced. She's yep. really drunk and she's just crying on the phone and that is the chaos of a teenage party. It's like somebody crying, someone throwing up, you know, boys doing stupid things, yeah. girls doing stupid things. But I think that also just speaks to how well they got the character of Ellen right. She wanted to be this cool, rebellious partier. She wanted to go to raves. She had no idea about any of that stuff, and it's summed up perfectly when they're getting ready for this this party. They're looking for pills to take. So they go into their mum's cupboard, and they're like, she's like, antacids, how many of these should I take? And her sister, who's a bit older, is like, no. No, yeah. I'm like, oh, what about an aspirin? Yeah. 
They just want to be part of that culture so much, but they have no understanding of it. And I think also for Ellen, it comes down to wanting to escape. Like she just wants something to make her feel better and make her feel something. And when she's obviously not feeling like she's fitting in and not feeling like comfortable wherever she is, um, where she is. And that is a beautiful thing as well between the relationship with Jessica and Ellen. Jessica's very much like okay being in a small town. You know, Mm. she's with this guy who's a bit of a tool, but she is probably going to be with him for the rest of her life. Yeah. Studying to be a, a early childhood education. Yeah. Um, sit at home, watch the lottery. You yeah. know, it was all... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, they were happy to sit at home and watch the lottery and all of that, and Ellen just was not into that. And yeah. you can imagine she just needs to get herself to a big city, explore, yeah. have some fun, and, yeah, it's all about fucking Armal. Yeah. Wait, how do you say it? Ormal. <laughs> it's all about fucking Ormal. The other thing about on just on the nineties thing, did you notice the eyebrows? Like I didn't pay attention to the eyebrows. Tell me about the eyebrows. If you were a girl in the nineties, mm. you know that you had to pluck your eyebrows real thin. Okay. Real thin. Yeah. And the attention to detail in that aspect, although I guess it was just the time and place, mm. they didn't really mean to do that. But um, all those girls have their eyebrows plucked so thin, <laughs> particularly Ellen's cool friends. Just yeah. like the eyebrows are disappearing because there's nothing there. So when you watch it again, watch out for the eyebrows. Uh, just an, a, a very 90s feature. Something I found interesting was the title itself. So we've been through a little bit that it was called Fucking Ormal mm. in Sweden and it was called Show Me Love uh, for English-speaking markets. But getting the, the tone of the title across was something that like, every market struggled with. Mm-hmm. I think the people who got it the best were Germany, who called it Getting Out of Ormal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Show Me Love is... Uh, takes you away from the fact that it's a small country town. It really it? does. It's crazy. Spanish title, Discovering Love. Oh, okay. The Portuguese title, School Friends. School Friends? Yeah. <laughs> so hard when they, put, when they put a word in there that is offensive in languages. Yes. International distributors really have to work hard. Yes. I remember um, No Strings Attached. This isn't so much about the, the offensive language, but in... France, no strings attached, was sex friends. <laughs> Gets the comment across. In Russia, it was show me love. But in uh, Czech, the title was love is love. Love is love. Yeah. A slogan of the equality campaign. Well, that's just it. And I wonder if it sort Wait, of... was that in Russia? Uh, no. Oh, that was... <laughs> that was the Czech title, sorry. Um, the Russian title was just show me love. I'm surprised it showed in Russia. Yeah. That, well... But I really find having a title like Love is Love or even Show Me Love, it puts more focus on the love story, which is definitely a big part of it. Yeah. But fucking Ormal demonstrates, I think, a lot better what the what the movie's about. It's about not fitting in for yeah. a variety of reasons yeah. um, in where you are yeah. and that feeling of wanting to... to Escape. To, yeah, yeah. To be you. Yeah. Which both of these girls are trying to are do. Trying to do. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, Show Me Love is, is a strange title. But when I said, I said to some, one of my colleagues that we were talking about fucking Amal, I pronounced it wrong, yeah. sorry everybody. <laughs> um, she thought, she was a bit shocked because she thought that Ormal is a person and then it comes across as quite offensive mm, because you're yes. saying, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you have to explain quickly that it's a town, it's a town. There was a controversy when it was released in the town of Ormal Yeah, because they thought it uh, made their town. Sound terrible. Sound pretty shit. <laughs> yeah. um, especially because in the ad, they had the line from the film that basically says, I just want to get out of fucking Ormal. 
So it is a real place. Yeah. That's that's mm. interesting. I, I wonder, like, I, I don't know much about... We should say that the film is not just to name drop the director. Mm. Um, the film is directed by Lucas Moodison. Yeah. So a Swedish director, maybe he lived in a small town similar? I'm not sure. Yeah. I'd, I'd be interested to find out. The, this, this kind of copy from. of the DVD does has a couple of facts written about him all over the oh, cover. Yes, I've please. got uh, Lucas published his first collection of poetry at the age of seventeen. Oh my god, that is exactly like Agnes. She was all about the poetry. Yeah. Uh, there's a quote from him on the inside cover. Yes, please. I realise the reason I'm a filmmaker is that I'm deeply conflicted about my feelings about things. Deeply conflicted about his feelings about things. Yeah. Hmm. While working as a waiter. The director applied for three different educational institutions in order to finish his education. Did he get it? A law school. Oh. A culinary institution. Oh. And a film school. Oh. Only the film school accepted his application. Whoa. So if the culinary institute had accepted his application, we could be eating some delicious food inspired by him. That's, that's we it. We would never have seen this film. That's very much it. So yeah, it's good. The DVD cover. Providing some facts there. Um, I also know that he's been in a bit of trouble, I feel, after this film. He gave some speeches that made him come up. I'm not sure exactly why, and I can probably look into it, but he came off as a bit of a dick, which put him in director jail for a bit of time. Once again, from this very um, informative DVD, it's the director's suite one from Admin, it says here, however, after insulting the audience at the Swedish Film Awards, he lost his popularity and his subsequent feature together didn't win any awards, was only nominated. <laughs> what a strange thing to include in the facts yeah. about him. But also, I mean, I wonder how he insulted them. Did they boo his film so he insulted them back? Or uh, I don't know. That's all the information I've got there. But I also know that uh, just listed online that his 2009 film, Mammoth, was criticised for being misogynistic. Oh, really? Yeah, which is sort of a weird vibe coming from what you see in this film. Yeah, and apparently his other films too. But anyhow, moving on from the director. So written and directed by Lucas Moodison. That's it. Normally we talk about does it hold up. I think we've covered the fashion pretty well. (laughs) But I think it definitely holds up. Even though it's 1998, all the themes that are in there are still true today. So true, And as I said, worth a watch for there. Yeah, absolutely. There's nothing there that was particularly glaring as an issue as you said as well i got nervous when they hopped into that car oh yeah and i don't know what that would have been like to watch it in 1998 and i know that in europe people do have a very different mindset when it comes to hitchhiking but as australians hitchhiking we perceive hitchhiking as an incredibly dangerous thing as wolf creek essentially (laughs) yes that documentary that was released about (laughs) australian hitchhiking yeah so that bit was a bit bit creepy but it would be the same today like so overall still worth a watch in fact again stars very much recommended yeah so we've gotten to the stage where we both have to talk about what's going to happen to our dvd <laughs> i will probably speak first because i don't actually own this dvd it belongs to my <laughs> yeah, wife it's so true um, and she's not going to get rid of it and even if this was wholly my dvd i wouldn't get rid of it either i think this one is definitely a keeper it's one yep. that i want to lend to people yeah when People, because I've got so many DVDs, they often ask, do you have any recommendations? And because most of my DVDs are just crap, yeah. it's hard to think of one. Don't Whereas... say that. These people have to listen to this podcast. Whereas this one is truly brilliant. So it would be a vote for stay. Yep. No Brexit on no this. Brexit. <laughs> Top um, goal. <laughs> um, I'm on board. I'm not Brexiting. Yep. Um, I'm keeping the DVD for sure. Mm. 
absolutely. I think I would have found it hard to throw it away anyway because of its time and place kind of connotations, yeah. but just watching it again and absolutely loving it. For something that is so 90s to also feel so timeless, it's just... Incredible. Yeah. yeah. Just go and watch it, people. Like, I can't recommend it enough. And I can't believe that I didn't remember how good it was, that I was just so in love with this film the whole time I was watching it. So definitely keeping and 100% recommending to everybody I see. Um, and you should also all listen to Robin. Probably, because, mm. you know, she has a perfume in this film. Show me love. Exactly. <laughs> Show me life. There we go. Um, or That's you all we can do. <laughs> listen to us sing it. Awesome. But you can actually find it on YouTube mm. if you speak French. The, it's got French subtitles. Oh, great. Yeah. So, good luck to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, well, that gets us to the end. Um, as always, make sure you follow us on Insta. Yep. On Twitter, yep. at DVD Clutter, D-V-D-E-C-L-U-T-T-E-R. Yep, you can send us an email at dvdclutter at gmail.com. I did check our Gmail the other day. Really? No emails. Well, <laughs> make sure you listening are the first one to send one through. Please do. Um, or you'll run into us at Myth, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. the other thing that could be happening. Starting soon. Yep. Well, starting now. All right, well, that's it, I think. That's it. We're off to watch Survivor. <laughs> Have a great night. Bye. Bye. But just just juxtaposed. <laughs> oh my god! In English, you get an extra five points if you use that word. Really? Yeah. Why? Wow. No, not really. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I so gullible? <laughs> <laughs>